Welcome, folks, to Uncontrolled Airspace, the General Aviation Podcast. Episode 1033 Echo from AirVenture 2021 in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. I'm your host, Pilot Jim G., coming to you with a special surprise guest in just a few minutes. We're in the campground here at Oshkosh, where we've had some great adventures and a few observations to share. Today is Wednesday, July 28th, the third day of the fly-in, or expo convention, and the fifth day that I've been here in the heat. And the first observation is that it is hot. It is hot and sticky. Now, this should come as no surprise because it's hard to beat the heat and humidity in the summer no matter where you are. But today we're in the mid-80s with hazy sunshine and uh, humidity at about 75%. So it's a little uncomfortable out there. And my evidence for this is I was talking with some folks who live in central Florida, and they were talking about how hot it is here in Wisconsin. So I don't know how much more evidence you need. But despite the heat and the humidity, it's been a lot of fun walking around and watching the crowd. I've been working in one of the exhibit halls as a vendor, exhibitor, and watching the incredible number of people come by, huge crowds here at Oshkosh this year. And my second observation is about the diversity of the interest in aviation. We normally think of our pilot community as a somewhat homogeneous group of usually older usually white men and that's typically what you see at a maybe you think of seeing at a EAA chapter meeting or your airport lounge but not here at Oshkosh I have seen people from babies children all the way up to seniors all different genders all different races people from different countries this show attracts a huge cross-section of humanity and they're all here because they love our hobby they love uh, learning and about airplanes watching the air show and this show seems to me to be an ambassador to the to the population at large so with those two observations out of the way let me introduce our special surprise guest my friend here today is a uh, known media producer and uh, host in his own right. He's got some experience with podcasting. So please let's welcome Jack Hodgson of the Uncontrolled Aerospace Podcast. That's who your special guest is? I, I, I sense stop buttons being pressed all around the world. Jim says we're going to have a special guest and who's, who does he bring on? Jack. <laughs> who? Hello. Hi Jim. How you doing? I'm having a great time as I said. It's a little it's a little warm and sticky out there, but we sort of forget about that when we're walking around the showgrounds cuz there's just one thing to see after another. Mhm. Did you um see all the people I'm talking about? Did you notice the variety in the crowd here compared to your home airport? Oh, yeah. I've noticed that for a few years now. Um, it's, 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 you know, we're making progress in these areas slowly, but we are making progress. And yes, the, the crowd is, is definitely becoming more diverse as the years go on. Um, it seems to me to be particularly becoming more diverse um, gender-wise. Uh, we have a lot more women in recent years getting involved with aviation, and a lot more young women here who appear to be here because they're genuinely interested and want to be here. Exactly. Um, as opposed to just tagging along with a boyfriend or a family or something like that. And, and uh, today was uh, Women in Aviation Day or, or 
women venture. Was, uh, today I, was the day. Today I lost the track. Did they take the picture again? I don't know about the picture, but I saw lots of ladies in t in um, with the, the the shirt for today. Sure. Uh, so I would assume they took the photo. Yep. And including some younger ones and one little little girl. I mean, like maybe four or five years old with a little ain't with her wings on, and that was very cute. So we're we're getting them in young. We're, yeah, we should. We've got to get them excited about this stuff as early as possible. Is set their set them on a course exactly. for life. Yeah. Let's see. I also had a chance to walk past um, the West Ramp, aka Aeroshell Plaza, aka Boeing Plaza, aka I don't know what the <laughs> the next I name think, will be. I think it's Boeing. Yeah, right. It's Boeing Plaza this year. Okay. You know, but it's it does tend to change. So we give you a, a verbal description of the picture. Looking down the main street of Air Venture, it's, the main drag is called Celebration Way. runs from the main gate to Boeing Plaza. And UPS, United Parcel Service, has a 747 cargo freighter right in the middle of it. So as you enter the showgrounds and walk down the main street through all the exhibit, exhibit, or air, exhibit areas... You're looking into the mouth of a 747 because they have the front cargo door open oh, and right. flipped yes. up in the air. Yep, yep. It's a very impressive airplane. I don't know why they've decided to retire them you know, in many of their uses, but I'm glad to see they're still being used as cargo. That's an impressive airplane. It, it is. That's something. Some of my most memorable passenger flights have been on 747s. Yeah. When you were talking about the mouth, I thought you were referring to the... So I was looking... Uh, when it, the, I guess it must have been the first day that it was here, um, and it was sitting out there, and they hadn't opened up the nose yet. And if you looked at it straight on, there's what I take to be some sort of intake or something, centered sort of in the bottom half of, of the nose, Right. That, that if you're looking at it from the front angle, looks just like a little smiley face, little smiley mouth. <laughs> All right, and uh, I thought that's what you're referring to. No, yeah, no, though no, they've definitely got the jaws open. Yep. Um, today, uh, these past few days. Yep. And People uh, have been walking through, giving tours. Yeah. They've also got the Orbis Flying Eye Hospital parked out there, and that's pretty impressive to see. It's a DC-10, which has been converted to an ophthalmo. Op- you can do op- it. You can do it. Come on, ophthalmological. No? I'm very impressed. I think no, I, I get that right. I think so. A uh, hospital that where they fly eye surgeons to areas of the world where they wouldn't otherwise have that uh, type mm-hmm. of care available. Mm-hmm. And they do the surgery right inside that airplane. It is a flying hospital. Yeah. An aviation equivalent of the good ship Hope, right? That's, that's, right. What, that's th- what it was called, right? That's what it was called in during... Does that still exist, I wonder? I don't know. Yeah. I don't okay. know. This is where we need Higdon. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, what else did we... There's also a C-17 down there from the Air Force uh, car, uh, Material Command that moves lots of cargo around for, the, for met, the Air Force. They were here. They were over at Camp Bacon. The, some, a couple of the crew a couple members. A couple of crew members were here yeah. last night. Yep. Yeah. They yep. looked like just regular guys. They didn't look like superhuman cargo pilots. No, they're just and, pilots. Yeah. They, just, they fly a superhuman airplane. Yeah. It's a, it is a cool airplane. That's what I was telling them. I was... I was telling them how impressed I am to watch that airplane when it really gets a chance to fly. Um, have you ever had a chance to see a C-17 do a do a flyby demonstration at an air show? I have. Um, I've seen it here, and they do uh, to describe it for folks. They do a slow flight demo, 
where they have the air stairs down in the back, or, well, sorry, it's a loading platform, not air stairs. They put the loading platform down in the back, all the flaps are down, the wheels are down, everything's down, and they come by real slow, and then they put it, they pull everything up, and they do a couple of high-speed passes, and then they'll, they'll come and land and do a short field, they'll do a short field landing, and you can't imagine that a plane that size and, and weight could stop as short as it can. Mm-hmm. And then I've seen, and I don't, they don't do this every year, but I've seen them back up. I have too, yes. They go backwards. What they do is they, they lower the, well, they may do it with cameras today, I don't know. No, no, but I know what you're talking about. Go they ahead. They lower yeah. the loading platform in the back, and a soldier stands in the back and directs the crew by radio, and they back up to the end of the runway, raise the stairs, and do a short field takeoff. Yeah. Yeah. And what they're showing is that they can deliver tanks and personnel and material into short airfields all over the world. Yeah. And it's a real cool demo yeah. to see. And then and then just, uh, you know, on a more, I don't know, basic level, just watching it do the passes where they'll they'll come straight down the runway, you know, at some high speed and then just do a do a shot, you know, a steep bank turn off to one side, maybe climbing at the same time. Right. I mean, it's just, you know, it's not a fighter plane, but yeah, it's right. almost reminiscent of a fighter plane. It's it's, it's, it's very, very it's very maneuverable considering yeah. its size. Yeah, it's a very very cool airplane. Yeah. I also saw here on the field the new Goodyear uh, Zeppelin. They have a new design. Is that one new? I I know the one. Yeah, it's been flying all around for a few days now. Right. I hadn't heard any stories about being new. It's so new, new, new to the Boeing fleet. It's one of their new. It's a Boeing, wrong company. Goodyear. Goodyear. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's they've replaced the airbag t- style with the Zeppelin style. It's a. It's, it, there's a difference in the construction. I'm not an expert. Don't ask yeah, okay. me. Okay. All right. All right. Listeners will tell us how this. Yeah, works. we'll find okay. out the difference. Yeah. But, but uh, the newspaper article said this was a new type that they've switched over to in the first time they bought them from a from the Zeppelin company in Germany. There were also a couple of hot helicopters down there on on Boeing Plaza. There was a. Uh, and, and I wish I knew the model names. I apologize to people who understand helicopters better than I. I just think they're fa- fa- they're they're cool. But one of them was the two end, the two engine, the two rotor. Um, we usually think of it as a cargo helicopter, um, but this one seemed to be rigged up as sort of a Spectre gunship kind of thing. Mm, um, interesting. Where they had some serious Gatling guns on the side, end out one side, and uh, uh, it was interesting because the Gatling gun, you know, we've all seen pictures and seen this gun in movies and whatnot. Um, and uh, you know, it's a multiple barrels that rotate to get them a higher, right. um, you know, a shell rate. And uh, and and we've also, I think you've probably seen in the movies. So so the 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 the, the slugs, the bullets, if you will, um, of course, come out the barrel, and then there's a shell for every bullet that needs to be ejected, and they'll come out as a spray. Sometimes you'll see it very very dramatic in pictures. On this one. And maybe they do this all the time, but I've never seen it before. There's actually a, a pipe, a tube, about maybe a, a six or eight inch tube that attaches to the base of the of the of the Gatling gun um, at the place where all these shells will get ejected, and the and the tube just kind of hangs down. It's actually braced. It's on. It got a bracket, but it goes down below the belly of the helicopter. And I presume this is because they don't want that spray of uh, shells, ejected shells, to be, uh, I don't know, tangling with the fuselage or whatnot. But, or, uh, or they don't want the opponent to collect them and use them for their own, um, you know, reload, for reloading them and reusing yeah. them. Yeah. 
And then there was an a true uh, attack helicopter. A, uh, and, and again, I don't know the model. I want to call it an Apache, but it's a, one of those really um, um, sinister-looking bird of prey like helicopters. Yeah. Um, it was sitting down there. Those are cool. I like those. They are. Let's see what else? Um, I got a chance to get out to the Fun Fly Zone, which we often refer to as the ultralight runway. And this morning, I caught powered paragliders and powered parachutes both running in the at the same time and then so the trivia question for our audience is what's the difference between a powered paraglider and a powered parachute and uh should we just leave it there yeah because i don't know the answer (laughs) i do Uh, but we'll we'll leave that for the next episode all right okay uh i didn't see you there i was there at the same time i was here about uh in the eight to nine o'clock. Hour. Oh no, that was a little. I was there early. I went down first thing this morning to the uh, Tall Pines Cafe, ah. uh, one of my favorite uh, uh, breakfast places here on the field. And uh, yeah, I was there at seven. I could hear the yodeler. It was uh, the yodeling. Yeah, it's actually the recorder. I know, folks. I'm sorry you couldn't see the look on Jim's face right then and there. Wait. Jim apparently is in the camp of people who do not admire the yodeler. No, no. the yeah. I am, de- I am firmly in the camp of people who revere and 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 have fond memories of the yodeler. We, we better give a little background here of what, what the heck we're talking about. The yodeler was uh, an EA member who, uh, at 7 o'clock every morning during the event, would get on the public address system and as a sort of uh, alarm to welcome people to the day and uh, maybe get, you know, get them up. Um, he would he would ultimately yodel. He was quite a yodeler. I, guess. I mean, I'm no aficionado of yodeling, but it seemed to me like he was doing a pretty good job at it. Um, and he'd started out with... Um, and, and by the time I first heard it, he had been doing it for years and years and years. Um, and so by then, what the, somewhere along the line, he kind of evolved this routine where they play a little... Um, they they play a little audio of a uh, you hear a, a turbine engine spinning up you know that, that whining noise and, it, and it's spinning up spinning up and just at the point where the turbine engine is about ready to fire and like fire the jet it suddenly sputters and coughs and you hear like this this uh, rotary you know rickety uh, engine sound all right as if it was like a old biplane or something like that at which point the yodeler guy comes in live. And starts doing a little. He does a little, uh, you know, life affirmation. You know, here we are today, and it's a beautiful day at Oshkosh, and we're going to do the thing, yeah. and we're going to hear, you know. And he does that for a couple minutes, and then he kind of then segues straight in it to doing his yodel. Lo, lo, lo. I can't do it at all. No, no uh, yodel for us. Know, and then my maybe my favorite part of the whole thing is that after he's yodeled for about I don't know what 30, 45 seconds, you know, he'll wrap it up and he'll just kind of like, what does he say? He says, he says, let's go get him. I love the yodeler. I used to go down before he passed because he yeah. passed away about yeah. 10, 15 and years ago. They're just playing the recording. Yeah, now they're playing point. the recording. So, but, so uh, I used to go down there in the morning because he watch. Did, he'd do it on the announcer stand. Oh, what, okay. I mean, again, I don't know where he, where he did it all the years that he did it because he did it for a long time. But by the time I arrived, he was down, doing it from the announcer stand, and uh, and and I would be the only one there. I mean, like he'd he'd be up on the announcer stand, and he might have one or two friends up there with him. Um, and then, and if if we were lucky, there was me and maybe one or two other attendees, and we're standing down on the grass in front of the announcer stand, waiting for seven o'clock so that we can watch the. And it was a, it, see, I, 
Folks, hey, I'm doing this as much to torment Jim as anything else. He really is. Let me, no, 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 let me no, just no, finish no. the thought. The, the Yodler guy, in addition to all the audio excitement of this, all right, is that he was so exuberant. He was up there while he was yodeling and doing this, let's go get it. He's like dancing around and waving his arms. He had this joy of life that was just awesome. I like the Yodler, and I don't mind it at all. They play it at 7 o'clock in the morning, so there. And here's the counterpoint. <laughs> No. Here's the counterpoint. The days here at Oshkosh are long. It's hot. There's a lot to see and a lot to do. Yeah. And in the evenings here in our campground area with all of our friends, there's a lot going on, a lot of friends to see, and the nights are long. And you want to rest up for another long day, and and it's 7 o'clock in the morning. They put this on, and you just roll over in your sleeping bag, and you go... Oh, no. At 7 o'clock in the morning, the sun has been up here for an hour. I don't care. All right? I and, need sleep. And I think before you pressed record, someone in this room said something along the lines of, you just have to get used to being at Oshkosh and going home sleep-deprived. Someone said that. Who and was And that's that? because of that yodeler yeah, in the okay. morning. All right. All right. Moving on. <laughs> but at least they know what we're talking about. Let's see. What else is... Uh, we had a part... Uh, we're in a part of the campground called Camp Bacon... And if you'd like to know where we've been camping, you can actually Google Camp Bacon. It's marked on the Google Maps. And last night, our... See, now they know where to come and find us. I I know. Now we're in trouble. Well, we can move Camp Bacon and hide that way. And we have, as a matter of fact, but yes. Uh, We had a big party here in Camp Bacon. A lot of podcasters, a lot of media folks... All of our friends. Uh, it was a lovely, lovely evening. It was a great party, and and it and it's it's to be noted that ours is not unusual. There are camping groups all over Camp Schuller that are holding these kinds of parties. Some, you know, we do one. I mean, we we socialize. We get around the fire every night, but uh, we do one of the big things a year. Um, there are groups that do one of these almost every night. Almost every know? night. Um, there's a lot of these big group dinners. People are having a really good time here yep. every year, all week long. Absolutely. It's like, it's party central. In the evenings, not during the day. We have a different kind of fun in the daytime. Um, I did not get out to Warbirds yet. I haven't been out to Home Built, but I've got uh, two and a half more days here. I'll be heading out on Saturday. And we'll see how much of the show I can see with the time remaining. And frankly, if I don't see anything else, I've seen my friends, and that's the key. Uh, we, we've seen the airplanes many times, but we want to see our friends as often as possible. And what do we say? First year you come for the... Airplanes. And after that you come for the... The people. Uh, the people are key. And it's been two years since we've seen everybody here in Oshkosh. So it's, I'm real fortunate to be able to attend. And I'm real fortunate to have you, Jack, as a guest on my show. <laughs> I hope I can get you on again in the future. Perhaps we'll hear Jack on another episode if, if soon. You th- if you think your ratings can handle it, sure, okay. <laughs> so this has been episode 1033 Echo of the Uncontrolled Airspace podcast, coming to you from Camp Bacon inside Camp Scholler at AirVenture 2021. Pilot Jim G saying we'll see you soon. Oh, bye.